to have a seat this morning. Well, uh, called by name takes a seat, and uh, remember, kids' camp is underway. And take advantage of that. All right, we are uh, finishing up today in our uh, Get in the Game uh, series. And uh, remember, the whole goal of the series here has been just that, to kind of get you in the game, to, to get your life on track, to get you elevated to the life that God wants you to be and, and to excel uh, in this game that we experience as we live this life. And uh, we've been doing that by, uh, well, we, we listened to an Olympian champion the first week. Uh, and uh, then each week now we've been kind of unpacking one of the fundamental basic purposes uh, that God has for us. That these are just the... The fundamental package of what it means to be a follower of Christ and uh, how we get our lives uh, on on purpose. So today, uh, we're going to hit uh, the final purpose. Uh, and as we do that, I know in all probability that this purpose will make you a bit uncomfortable. But hang in there because it's part of the package. It's part of the purpose. Let me, uh, again, let the Apostle Paul kind of lay this out in uh, in front of you. And uh, Paul, once again, tells us what our purpose is. But before he tells us our purpose, he gives us kind of a reassuring, confident word, okay? It uh, comes out of uh, 2 Corinthians 5. And Paul starts out in the 18th verse. He says, God has done it all, with an exclamation point. Let's just stop there for a minute. There is the beginning point in the encouraging word before he tells you what your purpose is. Right? He starts out by just simply reminding us and saying, before we go any farther, let's make sure we all understand God has done the heavy lifting. Okay? God's done it all. God has already done the hard part. God has already accomplished the most difficult part. God has already done what needs to be done to bring a new life. God has already done what needs to be done to recreate you in Christ. God has already done it in Jesus Christ when he sent him into the world to die for you so that your life could be new, different, and elevated. God has already done the hard stuff. You with me? Because God has already done the hard stuff, he now leads us into our last purpose. He says, God's done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between himself and us. That's what he did. And, would you say the bold print with me so we make sure and get it in our heads? You ready? And he has given us the work of making peace between himself and others. Did you just get your final purpose? God did all the hard stuff. He did all the heavy lifting. He did everything for you in Christ Jesus. Now, your purpose is to become a proclaimer. To become one of those people in this world who is willing to step in, step out, step up, and tell people the difference Jesus Christ makes in life. He has given us the work of making peace between himself and others. We're the vehicle now that God uses to reach into this world and reach into the hearts and lives of other people. He says, what we mean is that God was in Christ offering peace and forgiveness to the people of this world and, notice here it is again, He has given us the work of sharing His message about peace. Who did He give it to? Us. He's given us 
the work of sharing his message about peace. We were sent to speak for Christ, and God is begging you to listen to our message. We speak for Christ and sincerely ask you to make peace with God. You see, if you are a follower of Christ, if he has already done the heavy lifting in your life, if he has already lifted off the burden of your guilt, if he's already lifted off the burden of your unfaithful past, if he's already lifted off the shame of what you once were and brought you into being a new person in Christ, if he's already done everything for you, he now looks to you to simply share that with somebody else. To be a proclaimer. To be somebody who's willing to do exactly what Jesus Christ did. To enter into the lives of people and tell them how their lives can be different. That's your final purpose. Your purpose is to be a proclaimer. Uh, Jesus made it clear with his followers in John 20. He said, after Jesus greeted his followers, he said, I'm sending you just as the Father sent me. So Jesus came into the world. He accomplished the heavy lifting of the task of, of salvation for us. And now he's sending us. We're it. We're the ones that God is relying on to carry this message out into his world today. And our task is the same task that Jesus had. Just as the Father sent him, so now he sends us. It's kind of like, you remember that algebraic formula? If A equals B and B equals C, that means A equals C. You did good in algebra. Where, where, geometry, was that your forte? You didn't get that. You know, A equals B, B equals C. That means A equals C. There we go, A equals C. So it's kind of that formula, right? Look, God sent Jesus to reach us, right? And now Jesus sends us to reach others. This was his purpose, and so now... It's our purpose. Our purpose is to be Jesus Christ in the world today and to do exactly what he did. In Luke 19, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. It means our purpose is to be a reclaimer who seeks those who are outside the kingdom of God, those who don't know what we know, those who have experienced what God accomplished in Jesus Christ. Turn to your neighbor, last time, turn to your neighbor and tell them you were sent to reach people for Christ. All right, did you hear that? You know what happens when people hear that? Oh, I'm feeling nervous. Yes? Oh, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I'm not so sure about this. Right? Right about now, in the message, people kind of say, Okay, I'm good with this with my head. I'm not so sure my heart's going to be into this thing, right? I mean, I'm a little nervous about this whole idea of talking to people about Jesus. and, 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 and. Now, We're real practical around uh, Christ Church. So, so what I'm going to do with the rest of my time with this morning is just try to share with you a simple truth of how easy it is to do and accomplish this purpose in your life. There's no debate, right? It's part of our purpose. That's clear. It's part of our purpose. So the question now becomes for us, how do we, as Christ Church, as the people of God claimed in Christ, how do we accomplish that church, that uh, mission, that proclamation, right? Now, if you're visiting with us this morning and you're not yet 
into Christ, you're not yet totally surrendered to Christ, if He hasn't really taken over your life yet, then be patient with me this morning and make sure you come back next week and I'll try harder to speak to you. But for this morning, I need to speak to the people who have already experienced what God has done in Christ for them. Okay? Because this is our purpose. Uh, so if you're, if you're not, not with Christ yet, then come back next week and we get into Jonah and we'll talk to you about that. But for this week, this is kind of one of those in-house moments where we're going to talk to the people who already know everything that God has done for them. Okay? First, let me, uh, let me help you uh, uh, understand uh, how easy it is for you to be a proclaimer. Uh, it starts with a very simple step. The first thing you need to do is start praying for the opportunity. Start praying for the opportunity. Start asking God for the opportunity for you to be put in situations where God wants you to be so that you can proclaim and share with somebody the message of Jesus Christ. Now, I realize we started with acknowledging you're kind of nervous about this whole thing right now, right? And now I'm telling you, you mean I'm supposed to actually ask for it? That's where the freedom comes. Get this. You see, what happens is when you ask God to take control of the situation, remember, God is the one who did everything. When you ask God and you say, look, God, put me in the right situations where I can share Jesus in the right way. God, you take control of my life and take control of this as well. Take control of putting me in the right opportunity. Create the right opportunity for me to be that person that you use to speak through. Now, when you pray for that opportunity, when the opportunity comes, you're not in it alone. Who's invested in the opportunity? Oh, God is, because He just created it. Do you feel a little better about the whole thing? You see, when you pray for the opportunity, then you're asking God from the beginning to be involved in the situation where He is going to use you to say the right things into the heart of somebody else. It starts by just praying for the opportunity. Let me show you in Colossians 4 where Paul uh, does that very thing. He says, Be sure to pray that God will make a way for us to spread His message and explain the mystery about Christ, even though I'm in jail for doing this. You see, right away he starts by saying, Look, Pray for the opportunity. Just ask for the opportunity. And you'll know when it comes, God has already arranged for this moment. And you just need to step into it. Uh, sometimes I get to uh, sneak out of here and go off to conferences, you know, and, and uh, fly somewhere. And uh, when I do this, you know, I get checked in, I get through security, and I get down to the gate. And I always make sure I take, you know, this book I've been waiting to read. Just, you know, boy, this is one I just want to devour, right? So I take one of those books. I just want to make sure I read. And, and I sit at the gate and I read. And then they start boarding the plane. And then there's that moment when they start boarding the plane where I say, you know, Lord, I really want to finish this book. It'd be really nice if you didn't put somebody next to me so I could just finish this book, right? You ever have that moment? But then, you know what happens? But then you move to the place where you say, Okay, listen, Lord, if it's the right moment and the right opportunity, you just create the opportunity if you want me to share Christ with somebody on this plane. 
I mean, after all, we're in this tube flying together and they can't go anywhere, right? And they're sitting next to me. So just say, Lord, look, it's not going to be up to me. It's up to you. If there's somebody that I need to speak with this morning or this afternoon on this flight, you just put them in the seat next to me. What am I doing? I'm just putting it in God's hands. And I'm saying, God, look, it's not up to me. It's up to you. Create the opportunity. I'm asking. I'm praying for whatever it is that God wants. And what happens is interesting. Sometimes the seat will be empty and I finish my book and I say, praise the Lord. Thank you for that. That's great. But there's other times when God puts that person next to me. Uh, uh, wasn't the last flight, but the flight before I was on, uh, ended up talking with this guy and uh, found out that he was a civilian contractor who was on his way to Afghanistan. Not a comfortable place to go. Uh, and before the whole flight was over, you know, we kind of landed and, and did the old unbuckle thing. And, and when he got up to get his over uh, overhead bag, you know, he pulled it down. Before he walked down the aisle, he just looked at me and he said, would you just pray for me? Would you just pray for me? Is that awesome that is? You see, that guy now was going into a very difficult situation, and he knew he could turn to somebody before he did, and somebody else would be talking with God about him. So I did. Been praying for him. You see, that's how simple it is. When you ask God to put you in the right situation, then the pressure isn't on you because God has already arranged the situation. You simply need to step into the situation and be prepared to just share. That's it. It's that simple. Um, we get it with Jesus when he sends out the 70. It says in Luke 10, After this the Lord appointed 72 others, sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he's about to go. And he told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, so do what? Well, ask. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You see, the Lord of the harvest will take care of the harvest. You just need to be willing to ask to be a worker who's out there doing the business. Get it? For us, it starts by just receiving this as one of our purposes and start asking God to use us in the right moments, at the right place, at the right time to speak into somebody else's heart. Well, now you're saying, okay, I get that. I'm going to ask, but what do I say? What do I say? I don't know what to say. I mean, if the moment comes, what do I say? It is so easy. You know what you say? You speak what you know. You speak what you know. It's absolutely that simple. You just speak clearly about what you already know from how Jesus has worked in your own life. You just speak what you know. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, Please pray that I will make the message as clear as possible. You see what happens when you try to follow some formula, when you try to follow some ABC kind of list thing, it gets all muddy and muddled because it's not really you. What you need to do is just speak what you know. There's a story about uh, Billy Graham, the, the, uh, the evangelist. You remember Billy Graham still with us? Billy Graham, the evangelist who uh, traveled the country and he put on big uh, evangelistic crusades. Story goes that uh, he was in a city and he was getting ready for a big crusade at night and uh, he had gotten there the night before and uh, the next morning he got up really early, he had to catch up in some letter writing and some cards for family and friends and stuff. So he got up early and wrote out letters and cards and everything and, and he wanted to get them in the mail as soon as he could. So uh, he, uh, after lunch, uh, you know, had lunch and then went and started walking to try to find a mailbox. 
And so he took a good brisk walk and uh, just could not run across a mailbox. So uh, finally he ran across the young boy that was in the street and uh, he stopped the boy and he said, excuse me, young man, could you, could you tell me where a mailbox is? How do I get there? And the boy, you know, was like, yes, sir, you know, you go down here, you go down here, you go down here, and gave him directions on how to get there. And, and uh, Billy Graham started to walk away, and he stopped, and he turned to the boy, and he said, say, come to the arena tonight, and I'll tell you how to get to heaven. And the boy looked back at Billy Graham and thought for a minute and said, you're going to tell me how to get to heaven? You don't even know how to get to the post office. Right? Well, here's the deal. You see, if God has already done everything... You with me? If God has already done everything in your life, then you already know. You already know what it means to have Jesus Christ in your life. And when you share that, you're just sharing what you already know in your life. It's that simple. It's not some formula. It's not some system. It's simply being open and honest and letting people into your life and sharing with them the truth that you already know. Peter brings life and the sharing of the message together in this way. He says in 1 Peter 3, Honor Christ and let him be the Lord of your life. So he's talking about your life and saying, Look, this just honor, honor him with your life. But notice what he attaches it to. Always be ready to give an answer when some asks you, someone asks you about your hope. When somebody asks us about our hope, it's our hope. And all we do is share with them what we know to be true. See, the reality is, if God has already done everything in your life, what you're going to be able to do is just relate to them and say, look, I know where you're living now because he hasn't done it in their life. I know where you're living now, and let me tell you how I was once there, but I no longer am, and it's a whole lot better over here living with Christ at the center of my life. When God creates the opportunity, you just step in and you share what you know to be true. And it's absolutely urgent that we begin doing this. You need to act urgently. It is urgent that we begin doing this. The reality for us in the Christian community is our church is declining. Not just Lutheran folks, which we are, but the church is declining. We have to take seriously that somewhere along the way in this last generation, we lost our fervor for this purpose. We have to regain that purpose. We have to regain and take advantage of every opportunity to share the gospel with people, to just share with them what we know. Uh, Colossians 4, Paul says, When you are with unbelievers, always make good use of the time. Now, there's a couple of things there. Notice he says, when you are with who? Unbelievers, right? This means you have to spend time with unbelievers. Now, when, you, when God does all the work and you're brought into the faith, you surround yourself with other Christians. And you've heard me say in these previous weeks, that's what you got to do. That's part of your purpose is to be in worship and, and to be in a small group and to grow in Bible study. And that's all stuff we got to do. We got to be together and strengthen and disciple and encourage one another. Absolutely. We got to do all that good stuff together. But it doesn't mean we stop putting ourselves in places where unbelievers are. If we're not with them, we can't reach them. Make sense? 
uh, give you a graphic. One of my members uh, shared this with me uh, this morning. He said, Pastor, you should tell them it's like manure. And I, I didn't quite get it right away, but he said, it's like manure. Here's the way it works. When you get manure all together and you keep it piled in one spot, it begins to stink. But when you spread it out, it's like fertilizer. See, if we spend too long just with each other, we become this holy huddle that doesn't offer that fragrant offering because we're just kind of this club that takes care of ourselves. We need to make sure that we engage the world. We need to make sure that we are out there engaging unbelievers. You need to put yourself in places where unbelievers are. Now, that can be scary. That can be challenging because you've got to be out there and stand for who Christ made you and remade you to be. When you go out and you're with unbelievers, it doesn't mean you go out there and become like an unbeliever. It means you go out there and you show unbelievers what it is to live in Christ. You see the difference? But you have to be willing to put yourself in those places where God can use you as that fertilizer and reach unbelievers. And it doesn't happen just once. You know, when the opportunity is there and you share the gospel with somebody, you share your heart with somebody, you tell them what you know to be true, it doesn't mean you only just do it once. That you're going to have to be patient, you're going to have to be persistent, you're going to have to continue to be with that person and share with them what you know to be true. Paul said to the Romans, never give up. Never give up. Eagerly follow the Holy Spirit. Serve the Lord. Let your hope make you glad. Be patient in times of trouble. Never stop praying. Take care of God's needy people and welcome strangers into your home. We need to be persistent in putting ourselves into the lives of other people who don't know Christ yet. We just need to be persistent in that. You need to think today, take some time today, to think about those people who are around you that you know, you already know, who haven't experienced Christ and the fullness of what it means to be His follower. And start praying that God would create the opportunity for you. And when He does... Just share with them what you know to be true and seek every opportunity you can. Seek every opportunity you can. Now when the opportunity comes, what do you say? Well, you say what you know to be true. But you just have to say what you know to be true because you have to speak to people what is relevant and what is honest. You have to speak what's relevant and what is honest. You see, if you don't speak to people what is relevant and honest, they won't listen to you. That's why formulas and all that stuff just doesn't work, right? Because people want to know what's real. They want to know you really believe this stuff. When God creates the opportunity, it is the chance for us to just speak from our hearts and share with them what's happened in our own life. Just share what's real and what's honest. And there are going to be times that they're going to ask you questions. And, and, and it's okay for you when they ask you a question to say, that's a really good question. You know what? I don't know. Let me think on that. Or, you know what? That's an awesome question. Let, let me go talk to my pastor about that because I'm not sure about that. You see, you don't have to be, you remember the old shell answer man? Remember that? Always had the answer. You don't have to be the guy that always has the answer. What you all you have to do is be the person who's willing to enter in this situation and be relevant and honest by sharing your own experience in your own life. Now, you ready? Here's the hard part. 
The hard part is you have to be ready to share with other people if you're going to be relevant and honest your own mistakes. You've got to be ready to share your own mistakes. Remember where we started today. God has already done everything in Christ for us, right? What does it mean? He has already taken us from the way we used to be to the way He has recreated us in Christ. What's going to relate to the unbeliever and be relevant in their life is not what's going on over here, but what went on over here in your life. You get it? You've got to be willing to share with people what you were before Christ took over your life. And you've got to be ready to share with people your own mistakes, because that's where they are. As you share with them your own mistakes, that's how you can relate to them and bring them to the reality of what it means to be Christ-driven right now in your life. See, you're no longer who you were. You're now something new and different, and you can share with them the joy of what it means to be in Christ. Now, as you do this, it gets harder. It gets harder because you have to speak not only relevantly, but honestly. Paul, Peter says, Give a kind and respectful answer and keep your conscience clear. This way you will make people ashamed for saying bad things about your good contact, conduct as a follower of Christ. You are better off to obey God and suffer for doing right than to suffer for doing wrong. What's important? The hard reality for us is if we're going to share with people and be relevant and honest, we have to also share with them those places in their life and point out to them the places in their life where they're living contrary to Christ. Right? We've got to be honest with people. Now, this is not being judgmental. This isn't browbeating people and beating them over the head for being those kind of people. No. What we're doing is being relevant and honest and saying, I understand I once lived there, but Christ has made me something new. And you've got to understand where you're living right now is not where God wants you to be. And people are not going to like to hear that message. There are going to be some people who receive that message and they will be angry with you and they will be hurtful towards you and they will try, try to ridicule you for what you're sharing because the darkness does not want to let go of them. But we're here to be faithful to Christ first. We're here to be faithful and share what is honest and truthful. We're here to do what is right for God. And that means being willing to take those hurts. Because we have to share what is honest with them above all things. If you look at John 20, Jesus recognizes that there's going to be difficult things. He says, he breathed on them and he says, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they'll be forgiven. That's cool, that's easy, that's good, right? But notice the next part. But if you don't forgive their sins... They'll not be forgiven. He assumes there are sins in people's lives that they're not ready to let go of, doesn't he? For us, it is the challenge of being relevant and honest and being willing to take it when they assail us for the truth. It's just the way it is. Why? Why do we do this? Romans 12. We do this because he says, Be sincere in your love for others. 
hate everything that is evil and hold tight to everything that is good. Love each other as brothers and sisters and honor others more than you do yourselves. You see, we're not doing this because we want to air dirty laundry. We're doing this because we love them and we know what their life can become. We love them and we know because it's happened to us what life can become when you surrender everything to Christ. We do this because we know God has so much more in store for them if they just come to that place where they get on purpose with Christ. We do it because we understand what it means because it's happened to us. It's happened to us. We do it lovingly. We do it with compassion. And last thing, we have to do it consistently. We have to live consistently. Look, look what Paul says to the Romans. This is a great passage. He says, Ask God to bless everyone who mistreats you. Ask Him to bless them and not curse them. When others are happy, be, be happy with them. And when they're sad, be sad. Be friendly with everyone. Don't be proud and feel that you're smarter than others. Make friends with ordinary people. Mistreat someone who... Don't mistreat someone who has mistreated you, but try to earn the respect of others and do your best to live at peace with everyone. It's easy to be around other Christians and the folks at Christ Church, right? This is cool. This is easy. This is good. Building us up. It's great stuff. But we have to also be out there with the other people who don't know Christ yet. And when we're out there with them, we have to love them incredibly. Be relevant, be honest, and just share what we know to be true. Now, let me give you an example of how, how Jesus makes this clear. It's a great example. Uh, Jesus is doing his ministry. He comes across this fellow who is possessed by demons. Now, this guy was not just you know one or two demon-possessed thing. When Jesus asked the guy, what's his name, the demon responded and said, I am legion, right? So he is overwhelmingly oppressed by the darkness. Jesus engages the darkness, and he heals this guy and casts out the demons. Awesome so far? Very cool, right? Now, you've got to understand, when this guy was possessed by demons, he was the terror of the area. This guy was so bad when he was possessed by demons... He terrorized the whole community that, that lived around him, right? The whole area. He was so bad that he had to live in the graveyard. It's the only place he could say. He had to live in the graveyard. They tried chaining the guy down, but the demons were so strong, it says, that the chains would never hold him. So when he was possessed by the darkness, he was absolutely terrorizing everybody. And the Bible is really cool. It shows you graphically how bad he was. It says the guy was so bad, he would run around all over the place naked. That's kind of terrific, uh, terrorizing to think about, isn't it? Some guy streaking all the time. Now, the contrast, when Jesus heals the guy and casts out the demons, it says he sat with Jesus and he was clothed. What happened? He used to be one way, but then he became something else in Christ. God did all the hard work, right? The people come and see this happen. And they look at the guy sitting clothed calmly with Jesus. And the people in the region say to Jesus, You need to leave. Because, whoa, 
if this guy was terrorizing and had that kind of power and you cast out those demons, what kind of power do you have? And they were afraid. And so they asked Jesus to leave. Now the guy who was healed came to Jesus and said, Lord, let me go with you. You did this awesome thing in my life. Let me go with you. I want to follow you. Now here's the interesting thing. Jesus told him, no. No. You don't go with me. You go back into the community of those people that you spent terrorizing. And you tell them what I have done for you. You get it? This is what it is. This is what it is. It is for us to be the proclaimers who are willing to just go to those people and share with them the simple truth of what God has done in our life in Jesus Christ. It's not that hard. And to be able to know that we can do that because Jesus promises, promises to be with us in that. Before he left, he told his disciples, all authority has been given to me, right? And I'll be with you always to the end of the age. We can do this. We can do this. Because every opportunity we get, if we prayed for it and asked for it, God has already prepared. And we just share what we know to be true. And when people hear it and we tell them the truth, sometimes it's going to hurt back at us. But you know what? Nothing compares to what Jesus Christ has done for us. And He sends us to those places. He sends us to make that kind of difference in somebody else's life. We can do this. It is our purpose. If you're going to get in the game, if you're going to elevate life, you're going to employ all these purposes in your life, and you're going to become not only the person, but the proclaimer that God wants you to be. Let's pray. Father, thanks. Thanks for the challenge this morning. Thanks for giving us uh, not only the purposes of just giving ourselves to you and letting our lives be about you, to to live for your pleasure and worship you, to, to live in, in the family and surround ourselves with the strength of other Christians, uh, to grow more and become more and more like you each day and, and let the Word influence us, to be those people that make the difference in this world through your church and through serving, and also this last purpose, to be the people who proclaim, who are willing to enter into people's lives and tell them, the difference that Jesus Christ makes. To just open ourselves up and share with people that simple truth that is so marvelous and beyond imagination. Father, we thank you. We ask now, embolden us, empower us with all authority from heaven and earth to be those kind of people. We pray it in Jesus' name.